and welcome back to the Digital Rundown Podcast. My name is Alexis and I am joined here with my wonderful co-host, Anthony. So today we wanted to talk about staying competitive in the world of digital marketing. And in the same way that technology, machine learning, and social media platforms keep evolving, digital marketers need to evolve with them and stay competitive in the constantly changing landscape of digital marketing. From keeping up with industry terms uh, to knowing the impact of AI and machine learning that's more current, uh, digital marketing never stays still and it definitely takes adaptability to keep up. Yeah, I came across a really good quote by Clogda O'Brien from the Digital Marketing Institute. It says, in a world where change is constant, there is a perpetual need to learn new skills, acquire knowledge, and gain qualifications that are relevant in today's technically driven marketplace. And you know, it's funny because when I was younger, I thought that my college years would be, you know, would take care of all the learning to perform my job. And... Well, when I started practicing, right, I realized that it actually never ends. You always have to be updating old skills or learning new strategies or new platforms because there's always new stuff coming up that you have to learn to do your job properly. And yeah, like it never ends. Yeah, that is so true. The learning really never ends in this industry. And I think that's a really good segue into our first way to stay competitive. My top piece of advice for any digital marketer or anyone who wants to get into this industry is always be learning. Make sure you're investing in training throughout your career that will help you because to be a standout digital marketer, you have to have varied in demand skills. 100%. And also like platforms that you use for work that support your work, those tend to change over time. And um, as an example, that makes me think of a couple years back with the Google interface. I don't know if that affected you, but I remember I waited until the last minute because there was a period that you were able to use both, right? You could choose between the old interface and the new interface. And I always chose the old interface, right? Uh, Because I liked it and it was easy for me. But then when the day that the old interface was no longer available, I was forced to learn the new interface. I was forced to learn and and get used to it. And it was definitely, you know, it was hard because at that point I had no choice. And it obviously affected my workflow and my efficiency. But yeah, like I would suggest not wait until the last minute and like stay on top of things in that regard. The platforms are always changing. I remember that Google one where they totally revamped their UI. It was definitely a lot to get used to. There were changes to reporting, changes to everything. And it makes me just think back to when I started marketing on these platforms to where we are now. So many things have changed. Ad types have changed. Audience targeting has changed. The navigation, the information you can get out of the platform has changed. So it's definitely important to always stay up to date with the changes that they're making. Another thing that I personally love in a way that I stay up to date is webinars. I know some people find them particularly boring, and I'm not going to lie. I don't always make it entirely through every webinar that I sit through. But I think they're such a great tool and a great resource. And honestly, a lot of times they're free. Mm -hmm. And it just helps me keep up with industry news, hear what other experts in the fields are saying and just learn new strategies that I can apply to my campaigns and my overall marketing plans. It's funny you say that. I get invited to a lot of webinars for sure. And sometimes, well, at the beginning, I used to like, you know, watch them. I don't know, over time, I noticed like if it's a 30 minute investment in time, you know, it's like 10 minutes talking about the topic that's relevant to you then the other 20 selling something else. So I just got a little discouraged in that regard. But something to take from this is like they're free, right? Like they're selling something, but they are free. So if you're not ready to make an investment, 
you know, that involves some money, webinars is definitely a way to start. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. When they do start pitching, like, their courses and stuff, I'm like, all right, webinar's over. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to do it, too, right? Just, like, ignore the part that's not relevant to you, but take the pieces that are valuable to you. Yeah. And when it comes to taking pieces that are valuable to you, I think taking courses and certifications that'll help you stay up to date on your skills is super, super important. Anthony, have you taken any of those recently? I actually am. I am I'm actually working on a Google search certification, like from an actual Google. And um, I mean, I'm not embarrassed to share this. I, I think it's just just my process, um, I've, I've, I failed, I've taken the exam tw twice and I failed it twice. Definitely, you know, it's been a, a, it's been definitely a couple of years since I've been in this, you know, course taking and exam taking kind of world. So it's taking me some time to adapt, but I have gotten very close to, you know, what I need to pass. But yeah, like I'm taking the, the Google, the Google search certification. And I've also used like LinkedIn Learning and Coursera. Those yeah. are very good, very powerful, prominent platforms in the industry right now. I've done a lot of LinkedIn learning courses. My job currently, we don't actually have a devoted SEO person. Mm. And I don't have an SEO background and no one on my team really does either. So I figured, hey, why don't I just start learning about it since we want to start implementing a better SEO strategy. So I've actually enrolled in a lot of LinkedIn learning classes for SEO just to kind of get my feet wet, get a general understanding of what it is and the things that I can do with it. And luckily for me, my company pays for LinkedIn learning. I know a lot of companies do. So maybe check with your job and see if it's a benefit they offer. 100%. Yeah. Like the company that I started working for recently, they also have the LinkedIn learning for everyone. And they encourage everyone to de devote one hour a week to learning on LinkedIn learning. And I think that's very smart because you know what? Maybe you're not aware of something new that you need to be learning right now. But if I promise you, if you log in there and it's going to obviously give you like uh, LinkedIn knows, you know, what you do for a living and they're going to show you courses that are relevant to that. And you're going to see stuff that is going to call your attention. It's going to be like, hmm. Maybe I could be learning about that. Maybe you're not, an, for example, an, a copywriter, but maybe at copywriting could be something that you can add to your skills, right? At least some basic skills on it could really help you. But that's just an example. It could be graphic design. It could be, you know, strategy. It could be SEO, like Alexis. And LinkedIn learning, well, I've always wondered this, right? Like LinkedIn learning and Coursera feel kind of similar, right? But I was researching, you know, what makes them different. And Coursera seems to have a bigger focus on quality courses in technology, programming, and data science. Um, but in LinkedIn, learning is more like trying to make a connection with that skill and social networks, which, you know, obviously makes sense because LinkedIn is one of the most powerful social networks out there. But yeah, like that's the difference. And like, I've seen that, for example, Coursera is a certification from an actual university. So like not all the courses available are from one university. It's just like depending on the university, like right? it's different. And like I remember I took uh, digital marketing on Coursera and it was from like the University of Michigan or something like that. And it was very interesting to to get a perspective right from like an actual university in the United States. And maybe if you don't have the means or the chance to if you're outside of the United States and you can't come here to get a university course or certification, Coursera allows you to do that. And I feel like LinkedIn learning is more like specific to the job, specific to Yeah, to like LinkedIn. your job skills, whereas mm -hmm. Coursera is kind of giving you certifications. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And both really look good on your resume and on LinkedIn and your, on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And so when it comes to those courses, it's really great to help you learn new skills, which brings us to our next point. <laughs> um, don't always wear just one hat. Become a more well-rounded marketer. I mean, there's something to be said about specialization and being really good at one thing. We say it all the time. We're really good at lead gen, but we also are versatile. We have other skills under our belts that can make us adaptive to different situations and valuable to different types of clients. And also, like, we're not graphic designers. In our jobs, we usually get handed the graphics that we need to run in our ads but we know some basics. So if we need to do something for an image or a video, we know the basics, we know how to get started. So in that regard, it helps us be adaptive. And if there's not a graphic designer around to help you, well, you know what? You're the graphic designer today. You are wearing that hat today. Yeah, and it reminds me of my freelance work too. For example, if I have a brand new client and I'm setting up the ad account for them, I'm not a developer, I'm not a coder, I don't usually do the technical side of things, but a lot of times I might need to go into their website and set up a pixel in that obviously isn't something I'm trained for and it's not really a hard task at the end of the day, but it's something that I was able to teach myself how to log into their WordPress and just easily connect that pixel. Obviously, if there's like a case where I have to go into their website and add like a code, I can't do that, but it's enough to just get you by and make it where you're more valuable. And it also, it also goes to say that, you know, you giving it a try, you attempting to perform a task that you didn't know how to do maybe searching on YouTube or on Google on how you can do it. It also makes you look good and definitely looks good in front of your boss. I think we talked, we touched on that on our first podcast, you know, about being, you know, taking the initiative. So before you ask a question, at least you give it a try. That goes hand in hand. So maybe you will need to teach yourself how to do something new today. And, and you know what, see it as an opportunity more than an inconvenience. Yeah. And it makes me think to my own career too. And I'll put it this way. You know, I'm a great marketer. I do digital advertising campaign strategy and optimizing really well. But one of my weak spots, I will say, is copywriting. And it, it would be really easy for me to look at it and say, sorry, I don't write copy at all. But I try it, right? Mm -hmm. I try writing copy. I give it to people to revise. I do my best. And I think that that has opened up more opportunities for me than I would have if I just simply said, sorry, I don't write any copy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because it's just not versatile. It's not adaptable if you take that route. And let's face it, the market really needs people that are versatile and adaptable, people that are willing to go the extra step to learn something that they didn't know or like something that they weren't hired for. You know, that's how you make a difference and stay competitive too, taking that extra step. Yeah. So definitely something important to always keep in mind is learn as many skills as you can and just become an overall well-rounded marketer. Another thing that I think is super important to stay competitive is really just connecting with like-minded individuals or peers, making friendships with those within the industry. It's really great to bounce ideas off each other or learn from experiences you both have gone through. That's honestly one of the things I love about staying friends with Anthony and working with him, even though we don't work together full-time anymore. But it's been so nice to just talk to someone who gets marketing and who sees it on the same level and who's going through similar experiences as me. 100%. I, I like that you said that because that really makes a difference. It doesn't seem like it. Like at the beginning, I thought like, well, this is just extra work, right? 
now I'm working 40 hours and then on my spare time I'm talking about work. Well, it really doesn't feel like that and it really makes your work more enjoyable. It makes you feel passionate about something and I don't know, it just it just flows. It just feels good, right? And our friendship is not only, you know, talking about digital marketing, we talk about other things too, but our focus is digital marketing and we're let's be honest and like I mean I wish I could be more humble, but like we're really good at it. So, <laughs> you know, it's like I feel really proud that I can learn something, some things from her that she's so good at. And she can also learn some things from me, too. So, like, it's really like a win-win situation. And we really advise that you find people to do that. And sometimes it's not, you know, a relationship that you are face-to-face, right? Sometimes it's connections that you can make online or maybe you really follow a YouTube channel and then you engage. And like sometimes some YouTube creators do engage with their followers and people that contribute to the community. And then that's also another type of relationship that you can develop and can help you grow and learn more in your career. I think it's really important too, because by communicating your frustrations or asking questions about areas in digital marketing that maybe you're not really familiar with, you can gain a lot of confidence and insight into your abilities. And it really gives you the opportunity to push yourself and try and learn new things and new processes. 100%. Another thing that we would suggest for digital marketers is to be active on social media. And you may be thinking, well, so you're asking me to be, you're telling me that I should be lazy and spend hours scrolling through Facebook. Well, yes and no. It is important if you're working, you know, in these big platforms that actually attract so many, like you know, we're talking about what, billions of eyeballs, billions of, you know, minutes, seconds that you have people's attention, understanding how it works how ads work, you know, what type of ads we have, what are the the dimensions, what are the video lengths, how some content changes based on the platform, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely a huge benefit to actually be active on the social platforms that you're going to be advertising on. It makes me think to when I... I feel like I bring up TikTok in every episode, (laughs) but I love TikTok, as I've said before. And it makes me think back to when I first started advertising on TikTok. I had been on the platform before. I knew what videos were like. I knew the intention span of the user because I am one of them. I knew what were the trends, what were the popular songs, what felt native. And I think that was really an asset when it came to us developing our first type of creative that we ran on the platform. And it was an asset to us when it came to creating our campaign structure and our messaging on our ads. So having that backhand knowledge of the user's experience and the way they engage with the app and they engage with creators and brands on it is so valuable. I'm not saying it's impossible to advertise on these platforms successfully if you're not on them. That's not true at all. I mean, you could still run a successful campaign even if you don't have a Facebook, but it definitely makes it a lot easier and gives you a lot more knowledge than it would if you don't. It's so good that you mentioned messaging because by understanding how the message is translated into a specific platform, it makes you understand the tone of voice. And that goes a long way when you're writing ad copy. Oh, 100%. Because the way I'm going to speak to my user on TikTok is totally different than the way I'm going to speak to a user on LinkedIn. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. 100%. Do you do Snapchat advertising? So I've ran Snapchat ads 
we haven't found success really with Snapchat because we've used it for a lot of lead gen stuff. And I'm just kind of convinced Snapchat is better for more of like a branding play. So we don't really run it anymore. But it's the same concept though. What videos are going to run well on Snapchat? What videos feel native to the platform and make it feel like you're not interrupting the user on their natural flow of using the app? Yeah, because I feel like some ads that I've seen on Snapchat are definitely very interrupting to my flow. Yeah, well, and I will say as a user of Snapchat, I hate it because when I'm trying to watch the like video content that they put out where it's kind of like TV shows or like stories from users and there will be ads in it and sometimes it will be an ad like every other like 10 seconds. And unrelated unrelated to it and it's not even that it's it's just i'm bombarded with so many ads that i don't even finish the story that i was watching because it's just such a poor user experience and i think that's probably why we weren't successful advertising on snapchat Mm -hmm. just because it's a bad user experience and the user doesn't respond well to it i literally have turned off these stories that i thought were interesting because i didn't Mm -hmm. want to sit through the 10 second ad that i can't skip through oh my god and you had talked to me about a show in snapchat about cooking i think it's called struggle meals struggle meals but it's the same thing on his Mm. channel there's just so many ads and like from a marketing standpoint i think you're better off like if you if you're trying to do a marketing effort you better be branding or you know inserting your marketing effort in the video instead of being an ad because the ad actually ruins the experience, right? But I actually liked him. I feel like if the, that, that content is really valuable, right? Like how to make meals that are very inexpensive with your leftovers, how to, to re, repurpose your leftovers. And like the value that's added, it's so good that sometimes, not always, sometimes I'm okay going through the you know 10 second interruption. But yeah, definitely to the point of this whole topic, right? understanding the platform is not being lazy is not wasting time if it's going to help you understand your demographics understand the people right that you're going to be reaching oh so this actually reminds me of back in the day when i think this was actually before you came to the company that we worked for for our old youtube strategy instead of letting our ads run on just any video that youtube thinks the user is watching we would actually pick what placements we want the ads to run on and it was so much fun because i would just sit there for like a day at work watching youtube videos and like making these lists of like videos that we can you know put our ads on and it's still a way you could target on youtube today so if you do find like videos that are super relevant to your brand or your campaign you can add a specific video or a specific channel that you want to run your ad on but I used to have so much fun just sitting there watching YouTube videos all day and being like, ah, this one fits, this one fits. <laughs> and no wonder you loved working in the YouTube uh, area because I, I never worked in YouTube, but I think it was just you, right, that did YouTube for that company? For a long time, it was just yeah. me. And then eventually we changed our YouTube strategy. So obviously now we target more by audience and like YouTube kind of pick the placements. We're not as hands-on with that, but... Yeah, it was always my favorite. It's funny because there's, you know, how there's articles that say, like, how to make money watching YouTube, uh, watching YouTube videos. It's like, 
it's right there. She just explained it to us. <laughs> and like, maybe it wasn't clickbait. I, did, I didn't click on that article thinking it was clickbait. Yeah. It's real, I guess. So we've gone over kind of the ways that we think you should stay competitive. Always be learning. Don't only wear one hat. Connect with like-minded friends and be active on the social media platforms that you're using. But now we kind of want to go into our top piece of advice for someone trying to stay competitive in the digital marketing landscape drum roll please uh we realized it was not a good idea to do that because the microphones really (laughs) picked up on all the vibrations and we have so many what do you call this uh strings springs springs we have so many springs and we can still hear them (laughs) (laughs) so our top piece of advice to anyone working in digital marketing that wants to stay competitive And it's probably a pretty simple piece of advice, but it's so, so important. And that is to stay up to date on industry news. 100%. And if you're not staying on top of industry news, chances are there's stuff that you're going to miss. There's stuff that you are going to realize when it's too late. So something as simple as Facebook being sued may not seem like a big deal to you right now. But the trickle down from that could really affect policies they create in the future that could shape the changes they make in their advertising platform. And guess what? That might really impact the way that you work, right? Your workflow, your efficiency. And yeah, if you were a marketer when iOS 14 was coming out, which was... Last year, right? Yeah, I believe it was September of 2021. Yeah, last year, you know that that was all the talk and all the rage. And it was interesting because I kept trying to bring it up to my team of coordinators. They're obviously a lot newer and fresher into their careers. But I kept bringing up to them and saying, hey, I would send them webinars and the iOS 14 update or articles and blogs because I really wanted them to stay up to date. And if you were working in marketing during that time, you know that was all the big talk and the big buzz around all the marketers. So if you weren't staying up to date, You would have had no idea that Facebook was going to limit the tracking that they could do. They're going to limit the amount of conversion events that you could have. So that's why it's super important to stay up to date with everything that's changing. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I came across a quote from J.K. Shimpanchal from business.com. It doesn't take long for a marketing strategy to become outdated. This makes it all the more important for digital marketers to stay abreast of the changes and know exactly how they will affect your business. And sometimes these changes will directly affect the way you interact with the platform to do your job. And some other times it just doesn't. But even if it doesn't directly affect affect you, being aware of it, it's important, right? Being aware that something has changed. And if you need to get into it, you know that you'll have to do some learning beforehand. So staying in a state of self-awareness, meaning knowing what you know and what you don't know, can really help you with this. Yeah, and I have some top ways that I really like to stay in the know-how with all these industry updates. Number one thing I do is I follow a lot of industry-related pages, and I follow a lot of industry-related people, whether it's just following them on Twitter or Instagram. It gives you a really good insight as to what they're talking about, if there's any trending news or information that you need to be aware of. Another thing that I really like to do is listen to podcasts, obviously, just like ours and other types of marketing podcasts. I get a lot of really good information from them. There's also personalities like Neil Patel. He's a fantastic marketer with a lot of great knowledge. And then also another one that I really do a lot is following different blogs like HubSpot. You'll notice we do a lot of references and quotes from HubSpot because it's definitely one where we get a lot of good information. 100%. And like, it may sound boring, like, oh, so now 
in my spare time, I have to see stuff related to work. Well, actually, a lot of this content is memes. A lot of this content is making fun of, you know, the serious, important stuff that's going on. You know, I don't know if I should admit to this. (laughs) But one of the top places I get my marketing news from is a meme account on Instagram. (laughs) Is it digital chadvertising? It is. Shout out to digital chadvertising. But he does it. He delivers the news in a way that's really funny. And then one thing he does that I think is really great is he will post stories with questions about things in digital marketing, whether it's dealing with TikTok reps or dealing with advertising agency life. And he'll post the responses that people give him to these stories. And I think it just gives me a lot of really good insight into different industries and different roles within digital marketing. And a lot of times when I am hearing these like breaking news stories in marketing, it's honestly from his story. I have to admit that that has happened to me a couple of times too. Like I see a meme, I find it funny, but I'm not fully informed of what it is about. And then when you realize it's about some news, it's about something that has to do with Elon Musk or it has something to do with, you know, Facebook or whatever. And that makes it fun. I don't know. I I really like I, I think it's really funny. And you said you mentioned that it makes fun of, you know, dealing with Facebook. Well, platform reps, right? Whether it's yeah. Google or Facebook, uh, you know, there's definitely situations if you have to deal with reps from a big company like that it's it's def it's definitely awkward sometimes and like yeah and it's nice knowing that people also go through the same struggles mm-hmm. that you do with these reps and that these reps tell everyone the same exact thing and i think it's nice to kind of find humor too in it because a lot of times we get really overwhelmed with our jobs and it's nice to kind of just see it taken mm-hmm. in a different light and i think it comes back to to really knowing your audience and the platform you're on you're on Instagram, you want to see funny stuff, and people always share memes. So digital advertising, shout out, you're a great ad account. And if you work in digital marketing and you want to see some funny marketing memes, highly, highly recommend them. And well, I actually would suggest that you follow us first because we repost <laughs> their stories sometimes. So if you want to know them, what well, you'll see in our story sometimes. So follow us. Whether you're following a meme account or you're following an industry blog or a personality, whatever you got to do just to stay up to date with news and find out what the next hot topic in digital marketing is going to be. It's really good and it looks really good when you're able to talk to your peers about the latest news in digital advertising. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into interviews for freelance jobs and the fact that I can just sit there and talk about the industry. It gives me credibility in interviews that they know that I'm up to date and I'm knowledgeable about lots of areas of digital marketing and not just campaigns. 100% and like practicing that, right? Talking to other people, whether it's digitally, whether it's verbally or whether it's with friends physically, right? Talking about it makes you more fluent and more, Alexa said, more, more credible. You sound more confident when you talk so definitely. And I can testify to that by working on this podcast, right? Working on this podcast, talking about digital marketing, uh, researching for it really helps helps me be more eloquent when I talk about it and sound more professional. Not saying that I'm not professional, but like it just makes that next step that I didn't know I had and now I do. Yeah, Anthony, that is so true. And with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Digital Rundown Podcast. I hope you learned a lot and gained a lot of valuable knowledge about how to stay competitive in the world of digital marketing, staying up to date on your skills, becoming a well-rounded marketer, and definitely staying up to date on industry news. We definitely intend this platform to be interactive. We want you to feel invited, to leave comments. If you want it more and you didn't get it, 
share with us what else should we be talking about that could possibly be the idea for our next podcast yeah that would be awesome so thank you so much everyone make sure to like subscribe comment interact join our community of digital marketers that being said we'll see you guys on the next episode Stop laughing. I need to get it out. <laughs> We're never going to get through this episode. <laughs> <laughs>